this is going to be, it's going to start off a bit of a buzzkill because I'm going to talk about the Black Death, but I think there's positive outcomes here. Uh, The Black Death that swept through Europe in the mid-1300s is one of the most significant and deadliest moments in human history. It's estimated that half the population of Europe, up to 200 million people died in the Black Death. And a pioneering study into the genetic remains from centuries-old skeletons has found that the plague left behind genetic mutations that are actually still affecting our health nearly 700 years later. Imagine that. Here to talk about it, Louis Berriero is a professor at the University of Chicago, and he joins the Kelly Gutierrez Show. Welcome. It's good to have you on. Uh, thank you for having me. Luis, what was your role in this study? Yeah, so, so, so our role was, you know, first, first of all, to start designing the study and thinking about ways that we could address this broad question that was trying to understand to which extent uh, this one pandemic uh, would have shaped the, the evolution of the immune system. So, so together with the, the, the laboratory of uh, uh, Hendrik Poinar at McMaster University, he, he, which uh, he, they are expert in ancient DNA, we, we came up with, a, you know, with, a, with an experiment that would allow us uh, to, to identify signatures of selection imposed by the Black Death and then downstream try to, to, to perform experiments in the lab to functionally demonstrate uh, the role of, of these variants on the immune response to, to the pathogen. So you were dealing with, and it sounds kind of grisly to some people, but human remains. You were you were extracting the DNA uh, from century old skeletons in some cases for genetic analysis. Is that correct? That's that. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So basically, our starting point was, uh, you know, was to extract genetic material from human remains, uh, bear, from individuals that were buried in three London cemeteries. Uh, and so in total, the DNA was derived from uh, over 300 uh, skeletons uh, from people that lived either before the Black Dead, that died from the Black Dead, or that lived uh, a few generations afterwards. And what were you looking for? So what we so, so the broad question was to try to understand. Uh, so, so as you mentioned uh, uh, at the beginning, uh, so the Black Dead was the single greatest mortality event in uh, record history, killing up to 50% of the population in Europe. So, so we were interested in trying to understand whether those that survived the Black Death uh, could potentially have genetic variants that protected them uh, against the disease, uh, more so than individuals that didn't, didn't have those genetic variants. And if that was the case, that you're more likely to survive if you had particular uh, genetic variants in your in your DNA, those variants will have been transmitted uh, to the next generation, and therefore they will become more common and more prevalent in the individuals that we sampled uh, 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 that were living after the Black Death. So, uh, and that will be a signature of natural selection, basically. So basically, you're looking at how the Black Death may have shaped the immune system. What did you find? What did you learn? Yeah, so what we found was that um, indeed, like in, in this one uh, uh, very short uh, time window, uh, we see quite striking signatures of natural selection. And that was, uh, you know, uh, reflected by the fact that genetic variants nearby 
uh, uh, immune genes, so the genes that are uh, primarily involved in the response to, to an infectious agent, such as, uh, you know, Yersinia pestis, the, the pathogen that caused the black death. So genetic variants in those genes clearly show increased differentiation when we compare before and after the black death than what you would expect just by random chance. So that was, you know, strong evidence that uh, those variants had been selected during the, during the pandemic. So these genetic variants would have existed before the pandemic, before the Black Plague, but because people had them, they would have had um, the ability to survive and then create offspring. Is that what? Is that basically what you derived yes. from that? Yes, I think that yeah, that that's a great way to put it. So so the variants existed already at the time that the the the, the Black Death started, and those lucky ones that had those variants were more likely to survive, basically. And so could you pinpoint it to an actual gene and what did that gene do? Yeah, so then uh, we, we, so there's one particular gene that we studied quite a lot in the lab. It's a, it's a gene called ERAP2. So ERAP2, it's, it's an amino peptidase. And, uh, and what it does is that once uh, your immune cells get infected, uh, uh, for example, macrophages, which are the very first cells that encounter the pathogen and try to kill it. So what this gene is going to do is to, uh, uh, to, to basically cut uh, the the proteins that are encoded by the pathogen into small pieces, and then these small pieces so we call peptides are going to be uh, transported to the membrane of these innate immune cells uh, as a means to alert the other cells of the immune system that there's an infection. So that's the primary role of this gene. And what we know is that in the general population, there are individuals that uh, uh, have the wild type version of this gene, so they can do this function I just described, but there are other individuals that have a mutation that makes that their, that protein is not functional anymore. And, uh, and what we found is that having a functional uh, ERAP2 uh, protein uh, was protective against the black death. That's really interesting. So basically, I know I'm going back to move forward, but just to make sure we're all on the same page here, is this is my first, you know, time really uh, examining what your study was all about. Based on that gene that would have helped you survive the Black Plague, that that would have been missing in all of the skeletons that died in the Black Plague, or most of them, unless you died from a natural cause other than the plague. But basically, there would have been from the skeletons that died during the Black Plague, you would have noticed the majority of them missing that gene. So, 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 I mean, I wouldn't say the majority. So, so in other words, the, the, you know, it's not deterministic. It's not as if, if you have the mutation, you are going to 100% survive. And if right. you don't, you're going to, it's Something just else a could take you down. Of, of this. But clearly the frequency of this mutation, it's, it's much higher in individuals that survived the Black Death as compared to pre-Black Death. Okay, it's really interesting because you have, I read in your study that these same mutations uh, that you found that help people survive the Black Death are actually linked to autoimmune disease afflicting people today. Can you speak to that? Yes. So, 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 yeah. so, so what we notice as we are going through these different variants that we had found signatures of selective, uh, of natural selection so that they had been advantages during the Black Death, so they will protect people against the Black Death. We noticed that these same variants in several instances coincided with genetic variants that today increase the risk for autoimmune disorders. So, for example, if we go back to this mutation on, on this ERAP2 gene that we just talked about, so this genetic variant that was protective against the Black Death uh, uh, is the same exact variant that today is associated with increased risk for Crohn's disease. Wow. So is that because we've got, uh, you've got a kind of like an, a hyperactive immune system? 
Yeah, so so at this point, you know, it's going to be uh, mostly speculative what I'm going to say, but but mm -hmm. yeah, so that's the hypothesis. The hypothesis is that uh, when you have to face a pathogen uh, such as Yersinia pestis or, or or other sorts of pathogens, you probably want to have an immune response that is quite strong in order to fight this pathogen. So uh, so so for example, increased uh, an increased inflammatory response is often beneficial in in in, in try when trying to fight the pathogen. However, in the context of auto an autoimmune disorder, what happens is that your immune system is basically responding to your own cells, and in a scenario like that, uh, if you have something that actually exacerbates your immune response against against your own cells, that's going to be detrimental. So, 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 so it's a trade-off whereby in an environment, in a scenario where pathogens play a very important role, having a very strong pro-inflammatory response is going to be beneficial, but in an environment where those pathogens are less likely to be impactful or to be a strong selective pressure, now those alleles become detrimental. Luis, my, my question I think a lot of people are thinking is if the Black Death helped shape the immune system of uh, survivors today, 700 years later, uh, we're still seeing ramifications from uh, the Black Death on our immune system. Will COVID have the same effect? Yeah, yeah, I get that question a lot, as you can imagine. So, so, so I, I don't think so for for uh, for a number of reasons. So, so, I think number one uh, uh, is the fact that um, though uh, you know these past three years have been uh, you know hard on everyone, and uh, and the, the the death toll imposed by COVID uh, was uh, you know was quite dramatic, but still proportion-wise, the, the the number of people that died from COVID, it's still, you know, very, very, very far from the 30-50% mortality rate uh, that uh, was incurred during the Black Death. So, so it's a very different level of, of pandemic. Uh, and then I guess even more importantly is that in the context of COVID, most people that die from COVID tend to be uh, uh, elderly people. So tend right. to be people that uh, after reproductive, reproductive age, so they already had kids. So they already transmitted their genes to the next generation, even if they were to, to harbor a genetic variant that, are, that increase the risk for COVID. So in that sense, you know, you could think about it as, as a scenario where uh, it's a disease that is somewhat invisible to natural selection because it mostly kills people after reproduction. Luis, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fascinating talking about your research. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you. Have a great day.